Well, good morning to you. Morning, morning. morning. Thank you. It's great to be together uh, this morning. Uh, I um, <clears throat> I want to do something a little bit different to, to what I would normally do. Uh, and in fact, uh, I wasn't planning to be here uh, preaching this morning. It was going to be Tim. Uh, Tim was going to finish our series. And uh, we met this week and... Uh, discuss some things, obviously big things going on in our family, the church family that we've been uh, sharing about Alan, of course. And, uh, but also, there's some things that God's been doing in my life that I, I felt I needed an opportunity to share with you. And so I spoke with Tim this week, uh, sat in his garden. Uh, he sat me in the sun, actually. Did you notice? You sat me in the sun, the sun on the back of my head. I said, Tim, I cannot cope with this interrogation. Uh, and so he, he allowed me to move into the shade. And, and then uh, we just talked about all the stuff that God's doing. And, and, and I share what I felt God was doing in my life. Uh, and I said, I really feel I should share this Sunday. But, you know, there's other things, obviously, we, we need to and want to give time to. And... Uh, and then, t- and so I, I said, so I said a little bit more about what I want to say. He was aware of some of the things that was going on in my life. And as a result, Tim said, well, why don't? <laughs> and the Lord said, let there be light. It was good. And it was good. Is this interrogation, Tim? Is this, is this, you, you still on my back? We'll probably try and open the windows, I guess, but it's good. And uh, anyway, so Tim suggested, he said, why, why don't you share instead of the preach? Uh, and so we, we decided to do that. So today is, is not really so much a preach. The Bible is in it, but it's not really what we would normally do. It's more about what, what I feel God is saying to me, uh, doing in my life, and therefore uh, I feel some things that I should share with all of us. Uh, I sent an email actually on if you're on the database and so you would have heard something of this by email but we really would like to take opportunity to do that and we've got time to do that this morning. It won't be as long as normal but it'd be more powerful. He said in faith. We've been following the theme haven't we? Jesus the game changer. And so just to reference it in this, which will be the final part of our series, Tim will speak on the subject he was going to speak on another time. Uh, I just want to read you the words uh, from Luke, uh, Luke 11. <laughs> okay, let's put this on the screen. Jesus, in response to questions about prayer, he, he described how we should pray, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And then he talked about how we should approach God in prayer. And then he, he summarized with this, referencing what our Father in Heaven is like compared to earthly fathers. And uh, this is how Luke explains what Jesus said. He said, said this, Would any of you fathers give your son a stone if he asked for bread? See, 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 this is, you know, in the setting, there would be a lot more interaction, I'm sure. If any of your fathers would give your son a stone if he asked for bread? No. Or would you give a snake if he asked for a fish? No. Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a small animal with a sting of poison? No. You who are sinful, you who are not perfect, you who are not like God, you know how to give good gifts to your children. 
But how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In fact, just previous to that, the teaching that Jesus talked about was about asking, seeking, and knock, and those who ask, receive, and there was this encouragement. As we come to our Father, he is longing to give good gifts, and Luke particularly underlines the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now this is, if there was a, you know, a game-changer moment, this would, I, in my view, this would be second only to the death and the resurrection of Jesus. This is a game-changer moment in the story of God. Uh, when not only uh, was Jesus going to defeat death, not only was he going to rise again, not only was he going to create a way for salvation to be made, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit and there was going to be a game-changer moment in the life of those who follow him. Because previously in the Old Testament, in the, the, the first part of the Bible, prior to when Jesus came, the Spirit was very active. The Holy Spirit was pouring out. The Holy Spirit only was active on particular people at particular times for a particular reason. And so you have stories of when some, uh, someone was filled with the Spirit for leadership or for wisdom or for a number of things, for strength, physical strength. But there was also this incredible longing that one day, one day the Spirit will be poured out on all people. And so when Jesus began to say, how much more would your Father in Him give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He's beginning to introduce that this is a promise that has been in uh, the story of God for centuries. And now it's going to come to the fore. In fact, Luke, the writer here, some of you will know, wrote another book in our Bibles, which is called Acts. And then you see the fulfillment of this promise when the church uh, was impacted, the early church, by the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, uh, Jesus said, you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in 2.17 is the famous moment, which we refer to as, as Pentecost, uh, when the Spirit was poured out on all people. And... Uh, and references were made back in the Old Testament about, about I will pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and your daughters, everyone, young, old, tall, thin, beautiful and even more beautiful. Yeah. All people. Now this isn't new revelation to us, but we have felt God speak to us about this as a team recently. Let me just give a bit of information, a bit of background to this. We as a team went away for a couple of days. Uh, when I say a team, I refer to what we tend to call now the senior leadership team. It's a broad team, about 10, 11 of us. And uh, we looked at some of the key values or the, what we tend to call our DNA. Just to do a bit of a, a SWOT analysis. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. You look at strengths and weaknesses. What are we good at? What, what do we need to growing, and uh, so we looked at these four, if we can have them on the screen. Is it there? Oh, there you go. So family, full of grace and truth, we discussed that. It talks about being called to serve and reflect our community. We discussed that. We talked about knowing the word and the power of the spirit. We discussed that and seeking to equip and release everyone into God's purposes. 
And there were many things that we felt God speak to us about. And I don't have time to talk about that now. In fact, we'll be doing some videos over August that we want to send out just to give some of the information uh, that we felt God speak to us about. But the one that we particularly landed on was knowing the word and the power of the spirit. And we agreed together that we are stronger in the word than we are in the, in the spirit as a people. And it's good that we're strong in the word. It's good that we are passionate about the word of God. It's good that we look to align what we do to the best of our ability to what God's eternal word says. But actually we've always wanted to be, and it's a DNA thing for us, to be equally a people of the spirit as we are a people of the word. And it was interesting, there was no one in that group, in that setting, that didn't feel that we're not as strong in the spirit. And it was a real moment together. And then I read a prophecy that had come from a good friend called Adrian Horner. Some of you will know Adrian. We would recognize him as a prophet. He leads, or has been leading one of the churches in our family. And he sent this prophecy to us. He said this, I see an upgrade of the spirit for you, personally and corporately. Expect fresh outpouring. Now he was writing to me, so the personal bit I grabbed with two hands over that. He's clearly talking about me. Personally and corporately expect fresh outpouring. Then he said a number of other things, which I will read. A release of leaders, sowing them on and releasing, sending. Part of Woodside's heritage. A school of leadership. On-the-job discipleship. Church planting training, maybe. Grace for raising leaders of other nations locally and in other nations too. Then he said this, reclaim the marshland somewhere near, near the river that was neglected. Is this a real place or more talking about being thirsty for the spirit again? I see the next season for you all about leadership development or raising, coach, raising coaching and releasing leaders home and overseas. English leaders, but also grace for other nationalities. In fact, it's a multiplication of leaders, not additions. Adrian said, no, I often see three years ahead. Next season has some goodbyes and a whole phase of leaders to emerge under you. Also a season of increased Visibility and influence in Bedford too. Success in social action opens doors. There's a whole load in that, which we are unpacking together. But let me take you to that first line. I see an upgrade of the spirit for you, personally and corporately. Expect a fresh outpouring. Two or three weeks ago, my good friend Richard Green, who leads... The church in all nations, just our friends down the road. It's actually the church I grew up in uh, some years ago. Uh, Richard has a close friend uh, who leads a church in Leicester. And it's a church that has grown uh, from the, the, lower, the small hundreds, I think one, two hundred, is now 900 strong over, over a few years in Leicester. And the leader there, a guy called Stephen, who I don't know, but Stephen has been over a number of times to... Uh, a church in Colombia, in Bogota. And Richard Green was invited to go with Stephen over to this church. Now, why go to a church over in Colombia, of all places? Well, it's because there was and is uh, a move of God, which is quite remarkable. And this guy from Leicester, Stephen, has found since he's been there, he's brought something of what God is doing there back to his, to his local setting. 
uh, and they are seeing many people saved. Uh, they're seeing a massive increase on healings. They've seen remarkable growth, as I mentioned. And so when Richard got the chance, do you want to come with me to this church in Bogota? Richard grabbed it with both hands. And so about three weeks ago, he went out there to an event there. And the church is a church that started in, uh, in the leader's home some 30 years ago, just a small group. Their story would be they tried lots of things over the years, cell church, G12, and all sorts of different church strategies, if you're familiar with those. And none of them, uh, they saw any fruit. And then suddenly, God came powerfully, and they experienced the presence of God in a way that they had never experienced before. And since 30 years ago, since that moment, they have grown remarkably. Uh, They now have... Uh, three meetings in the morning, a little bit like we're going to have in January. Uh, the only difference is, is they have 25,000 people in each of their meetings. So it's, it's not quite the same, I guess. When Richard went, he said the presence of God that he experienced was nothing that he had, he had, had before. Uh, he said the passion uh, for meeting with God uh, was remarkable. For, so for the 8pm 8, 8 meeting, people gather at 5pm just queuing up because they want to get in. Uh, and uh, they are clearly seeing remarkable things. And when they were there, and it's difficult to translate something that we weren't a part of, I realise, uh, but they, they have seen some remarkable things. And it's a different context, I understand. Uh, but there was a moment when uh, Richard and his friend Stephen uh, were clearly being impacted by the presence of God. But there was a moment when the leaders, this leaders' conference, about 25,000 people at this leaders' conference, they invited all the English pastors to come and join them on the, on the main stage. And they prayed for them. And uh, in fact, I've seen a video recording, which the staff team saw it this week as well, of when Richard was prayed for and some of the things that, that was prophesied over Richard. Uh, and what was prophesied over him was God was, that God was giving to him and to the others uh, a, a measure of his presence, something that obviously God is doing there, that they would bring back to the UK and that it would be something that would... Revival, I'm just repeating what was said, would be a mark of this uh, and that there would be a massive outbreak in the UK. Now, I, I share this not to overstate something. I share it just to repeat what was said. The interesting thing is when I saw Richard three weeks ago, he's like a different person. And he shared with a group of pastors in Bedford about how God had impacted him. Uh, he's been telling me stories of, of neighbours that have been asking him questions about basically how, how can I be saved. Uh, he talked about meeting with other people when he's just prayed for them very briefly and the power of God's come upon them. These are unbelievers. Uh, and, and he's clearly been impacted by God. Uh, so I've heard him share this a couple of times with the Bedford pastors. We meet with the other leaders and he shared and prayed for us all. Uh, he also came with our staff team and I got him to share the staff team this week and he prayed for us again. When Richard prayed for me three weeks ago, I met with God in a way that I don't think I've done for 20 or 30 years. And that's the bit I want to share with you really, but I have to give you the background. Uh, and more importantly, since that time, I have kept encountering God. And uh, I wanted to tell this. I wanted to share this with you. Now, I was really hesitant about doing it this Sunday because of the news of Alan. 
I'm thinking, man, come this. I'm saying, Lord, this is not the moment to do this sort of thing. And then I, I was reminded by the Spirit, I believe, that actually Ruth heard some of this story last Sunday at Consumed. And so shared with me that she went back and told Alan. And of course, Alan was so excited. And do you know, if Alan was here physically today, he'd be first in the queue. Well, maybe second behind Ruth. (laughs) And he'd be cross at me if I didn't share this. Quietly cross, but he'd be cross. One of the things that Richard shared that I've been living with over the last few weeks is two things. And it's welcoming the Holy Spirit and then giving the Spirit away. And I've been reading up a little bit about this because it's some of the things that Richard shared. He talked about the bidden in Ephesians 4 when it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And I've never really fully understood that or just knowing how do I apply that. And... One of the things that Richard shared, and I, I, I don't know this to be, uh, I, you know, this is how he shared it, which I found helpful. You know, when, when the Spirit fell on Jesus, the way it's described is, is, is it fell like, a, like in the shape of a dove. And Richard explained the difference between a dove and a pigeon. This, this has helped me. Okay, where there's a sensitivity in the imagery of a dove that's very different to a pigeon. I mean, some would say that you know, a pigeon would nest anywhere, whereas a dove is, is very particular where it rests. And I'm not trying to make a huge theological point on that, but I'm trying to illustrate that as a way of trying to unpack what it means not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And in fact, later on, if you read in Ephesians 4, it talks about get rid of bitterness and, and, and malice and bad thinking and dishonoring people and all lots of phrases. And so I've been living with this sense of, Holy Spirit, I welcome you, but, I w- but also, I don't want to grieve you. I want to be a place where you, you rest, but you stay. Now, you have to couple that with that Jesus promise that the Father wants to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to everyone. And so I'm not saying that we, ha- we, uh, we don't earn the Holy Spirit. This is a gift. But there's something about us being a people that welcomes the Spirit. And not grieving the spirit. And I've, 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 I feel I've met with God. I mean, it, it, almost any moment, I could just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. And I just know a peace and a presence. The interesting thing for me is the physical impact has not been dramatic. And sometimes, if you're not familiar with, sometimes the spirit will come upon someone and there's a physical reaction. That's fine. But actually, for me, most of this has been internal. And so there's some things that I've, I've done and do that I don't like in myself anymore. So silly little things, but, but helps me to point some things. So uh, last, this last week, Dawn and I went to see some friends, and we drove back on the way back. And, and you know when you put your, 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 your full beam lights on? And, and you put them on slightly longer than you should have done, and the guy coming the other way gets a little bit cross. Well, actually, it might full beam works automatically. I don't really understand it. 
Yeah, but it's very clever, but I just stand there, it goes up and down, up and down. But occasionally, it, it doesn't go down quick enough when the next car comes, and this happened on the way back. And so this guy flashed me, and then as he went past me, and my lights went down, then he went past me, he clearly put them on early, just to sort of an in-your-face moment. And I said to myself, idiot. <laughs> With some venom, you know. And then I said, no. I repented. I said, I don't want to be like that, Lord. And then I was reminded of, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And, you know, whether it's things, I don't like much of TV anyway, but sometimes I just watch stuff because it's there. And I think, I don't, want to, I don't want to do that anymore. And Richard mentioned this as well. There's lots of internal stuff. Do you know, when Richard prayed for us as a team, um, there was a moment when, when he and I hugged. And... and uh, and I expressed my, how my competitive spirit sometimes gets the better of me. And I'd like to see my competitiveness as a strength sometimes. But, you know, sometimes it gets the better of me, I think. And uh, as we were praying, and then we, we sat down, and, and then it was very still. And all I could hear was someone sobbing. And then I realized it was me. <laughs> and I just felt God do something and say, Mark, come on, come on. So for me, this is maybe, you know, maybe this is just stuff that God needs to clear out in me. But I don't think so. Because God spoke really clearly to us that he wanted to do a fresh work personally and corporately. And you couple that with the things that Richard came back with. Uh, and we had a wonderful time with our staff team. Richard prophesied over numbers of people and it was like, it was like I'd... You know when you, it's like I told him on the way in, you need to say that, you need to say that. The accuracy of what God was bringing to light. And Jesus says, sorry, and then the other side was to give it away. And so that's why I wanted to share this morning because I wanted to give opportunity for us to, to share this, to welcome the Spirit together and be encouraged that this is a gift that God has for each of us. And Jesus, in, in, in John 7, I think it is, uh, he talked about the, what, the only two things you need is you need to believe it's for you, and you need to be thirsty. And then he talks about, I'm going to pour out streams of living water. And John said, by this he meant the Holy Spirit. And so there's streams of living water. And uh, God wants to pour that upon us. We know the Spirit is the one who brings life. That's We are become born of the Spirit. That's how we become new creation. But he also empowers and equips. And there's a fresh outpouring, I believe. And so if you're hungry for God, then you've come to the right place. And uh, I want you to... And I don't know where God wants to lead us on this. All I know, I just feel convicted that this is God's plan. And... Uh, it is not by chance that we as a team felt we lacked something in this area. And then suddenly, through my brother Richard Green, God says, well, actually, there's a fresh outpouring. All right? So what I'd love us to do, well, I've asked the band of Debs still in the room. Now, that's a good start. Let's welcome Debs, shall we? She's good life. So what we've, um, the preacher's finished now, okay? So now we've got loads of time, yeah? And so 
At quarter past, if uh, you've got babies in the creche, then uh, go and get your baby. But if you're receiving from God, then you're welcome to stay and they're happy to look after your baby until half past. The rest of us, we can, we've got until half past, so we've got time. What I'd love us to do is just worship Jesus with a song, and then we're just going to give opportunity for the Spirit, and we're going to welcome him. Is that all right? Let's stand together, shall we? Yeah, sure.